Uh, and one of the things that the Lord is just really doing is, is just bring us down to the basics of asking questions like, why? Why do we do what we do? And because uh, a lot of times if you just do things, get caught in a, a rut, uh, in fact, to be honest with you, it becomes contemptible for you. You know, how familiar, you know, the phrase familiarity breeds contempt. And one of the things that the Lord has just really put in our hearts, and I'll be teaching about it here in a few minutes. Uh, in fact, by the way, you have some notes this morning, and they're, they're really good, but that's not what we're going to be on this morning. Sorry. I was downstairs, and the Lord just said, that's nice. And, and he, I, evidently, that was for me. I'll probably be taught later on, but, but, uh, but, it's, um, but he is just really asking us that the church services would be divided in thirds. In fact, uh, in fact, 30-minute increments. And you go, well, you, we meet, usually meet for 120 minutes, but, but 30 minutes preaching, 30 minutes worship, 30 minutes Jesus. It's just his. The tithe unto him. I don't know how, long, how many weeks he'll have us do this, but this is the first. And why is that? Well, uh, you know, why would we do this? What would be the foundational reason why we do this? Because, you know, the normal thing is you want to come in a church service, you do your thing, hear an inspiring word, and hear some inspiring word, music, and, and you leave, and you feel uplifted and built up. And that's really cool, and there is a place for that. But that's not totally what dwelling place is about. In fact, that's not what dwelling place is about. What dwelling place is about is in our name. Dwelling place, Christian fellowship. In my father's house are many dwelling places. And if it were not so, I told you, John chapter 14, verse 2. And, uh, and so one of the overarching reasons why we're going into this is it's got to do with what this word was about this morning is inheritance. In fact, God has created you and I with this massive inheritance. And what we see happening is people not claiming their inheritance. We don't need that. Tulio saying, we're not on that, Tulio, so sorry. People not claiming their inheritance. In fact, I was reading a, a CNN article that literally two, in one year, $2 billion of unclaimed lottery women, win, winnings are unclaimed. Uh, I think it was this last year. I don't play the lottery, and I don't espouse to it, but it's interesting to me when you see $2 billion unclaimed. In fact, it said this, that there was a, 114 different $1 million and above unclaimed. So, so I mean, there's, there's $2 billion unclaimed. And, uh, you know, and like I said, I don't play the lottery and I don't, I don't promote it, but it's interesting to me that how something can be there and people not claim it and walk in it. And that's what really God was just putting on my heart, that we have this inheritance in Christ Jesus that many of us are not walking in and, and claiming it. Like, for example, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And one of the most crucial things for us, and we'll talk about this in a future date, to walking and stepping into the inheritance that God has for us is walking as a son of the Most High God. A son or daughter. Now, 
you remember in times past I taught on the heart of the Father and that how the reality is that when we're before we're born again, we have the heart and the nature of the devil. John chapter 8, verse 44. You know, before I came to know Jesus, my nature was to sin. That's a work of the devil. My heart was to do the will of the devil. You would ask me, are you serving the devil? I would say no, but I was doing the will of the devil. And that was before, before I got saved. But after I got saved, I took on the nature of the Son of God. Any man is in Christ, he's a what? New creation. Old things have passed away. New things have come. But the, but the reality was I did not have the heart of the Son of God. And that is my destiny. Every one of us has been predestined to be conformed to the image of his beloved Son. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 says, We're to grow up into him who is the head, even Christ, in all aspects. And so this whole thing, we're growing up into him. And, and what will happen is as soon as we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we'll take on the nature of the Son of God, but we'll either have the heart of an orphan, a slave, or a child. When I, when I first got married to Paula, I did not have the heart of a husband. I had the heart of somebody that was very selfish and, and very self-centered and a heart that was single. And it took Paula 30-some, eight years to start to get me to think married. Now, don't put hopelessness in people, but, but there's a reality that, though, that I'm being renewed as a husband, but also I'm being renewed as a, as a son, a child of God. And I want to show you, Pastor Scripture, if you would, open your Bibles and to show you the reality of this in, in Matthew chapter 5. And then, almost, then, then I'll transition over, why are we doing what we're doing today? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, it says, It says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you in order that you might be sons of your father. Now get that. Pray for those who persecute you in order that you might be sons of God? What is that? For by grace are you saved through faith. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about a, a, a son, I mean, a, a child being birthed into a son or daughter of the Most High God. A heart that is conformed to the image of Jesus. One who can handle massive wealth of heaven. Because you realize this, y'all, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And not, and not to realize what is at our disposal can be very, very deadly. Let me give you an example of this. I think I've told you this story before. But you remember Daryl Roberts? Daryl, a friend of, he's part of the church in, in Boone, North Carolina that, that sent me out to, uh, uh, to birth the dwelling place. And Daryl, uh, one time, Daryl in his younger days was crazy but full of the power of the Spirit. And one night, he's, he's at, he and Kim lived in this apartment, you know, and had the part building face, the front of the building faced one way, but the back side of it had yards that were backing up and behind it. And, uh, and the lady, there was a little, little lady 
that had her yard was behind, below Daryl and Kim's, and Daryl and Kim's were on this like the second floor overlooking. And so this little lady had this dog, a little dog, but the dog could be kind of obnoxious, and it's barking. And one night, Daryl was not feeling well, and you got to realize this: this is a dude. It's fair, he, on the streets, he walks with a whole lot of power of the Spirit. I could tell stories on Daryl. But this one night, being immature, he gets, he gets annoyed at this dog who's barking at the night. And he goes out on the deck and he goes, Dog, I curse you in the name of Jesus. And turn around and walks in the house. And goes to bed. Dog's quiet. Next morning, Kim comes out. And Kim is so sweet. I mean, she's very sweet, this very sweet person. Well, she goes out, and she's doing some work on her back deck. I mean, on her porch there, overlooking, and she sees the lady out on the back, and she's, she's crying. And Kim's like, ma'am, uh, is everything okay? And she said, well, well uh, no. And she said, my dog is dead. And, you know, you go, is that coincidental? I don't think so. But you see that that reality of what I'm trying to say is there's so much that God is calling us to walk into. And I can tell you stories that I've done out of dumbness that's caused a lot of craziness. And I just want to tell you that there's, a, there's an inheritance of power. There's an inheritance of resources that God has got for us. And the, the, the fullness of it is released in us who are walking as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Now, if you would, turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. I do not espouse going and cursing little ladies' dogs. I didn't say that, but I'm just saying that has happened. Who are the sons and daughters of God? Who are they? Who are they? Now, I'm, again, I'm not talking about heaven or hell. I'm not talking about being a child or, or not. Because, see, I mean, like I could quote another past scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul says, I could not speak to his spiritual men, but men of flesh, babes in Christ. So what we're talking about is this distinction here of walking as either a child of God or as a son of God or daughter of God. Big dis difference. And notice in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Those who are being led of the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Those who are led of the Spirit, these are the sons of God. And we could put slash daughters of God. Now, led of the Spirit. Led of the Spirit. Those, the, those who were led of the Spirit, these are the sons and daughters of God. In the spiritual realm. Literally, I, I believe this with all my heart. Angels can look down and they can see distinctions between a child of God, quote, a slave or servant of God, or a slash son or daughter. The main distinction, one of the main distinctions you hear are the ones who were what? Led of the Spirit. Led of the Spirit. How do you know that you are led? How do you know? How do I know I am one who is led of the Spirit? How do I know? What is the main 
fruit of the Spirit. What is it? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, self-control. In other words, y'all not here in church that that is present, but in the midst of adversities of, our, of life, whether somebody's giving you a hard time, those who are persecuting you, you pray for them, you are, these are sons of God. In other words, in the midst of adversity of life, you or I are, am, are ones who are led of the Spirit. Led of the Spirit. Led of the Spirit. I'm not going to sit up here, y'all, and tell y'all that I am, that the totality of my heart has the identity as a son of God. I mean, brothers around me have many opportunities to watch me wrestling with opportunities for God to birth in me that process. But the reality is uh, I'm heading there. I'm believing there. I'm forgetting what's behind and pressing on. But what has that got to do with this morning? Well, if, if the destiny of this church, the destiny of a child of God is to be conformed to the image of Jesus, if the destiny of a child of God is to grow up in every aspect into Jesus, I mean, every destiny. Y'all, the destiny of this church is not to have a nice service so you can come in and be inspired and hear some worship and be inspired and just feel good and leave. That is not it. The destiny must be to, that we get together and that we grow into the image and likeness of him and take on the identity of a son or daughter of the Most High God. And so, as we were, as we were entertaining these thoughts about what is the fullness of the destiny is to be, um, how do we order what we do in church? If one of the main distinguishing characteristics of a son or daughter of the Most High God is to be led of the Spirit, and us as leadership, um, the thing that we ought to be about is creating atmospheres for the people in our body to learn how to be led of the Spirit. See, it's one thing to be led of the Spirit in here when everything's nice and pretty and neat. But it's another thing to be led of the Spirit that when you're sitting with somebody and negotiating something or, or something's falling apart uh, in business. You know? Right, Sean? <laughs> it's one thing for those things to be in that way. Here. But it's another thing to be led of the Spirit when all H-E-double-L is breaking loose around us. So how do we do it? How do we do it? How are you and I led of the Spirit? Well, you know, you know, and sorry, that just so that we're all on the same pattern, same, same uh, ballpark. Go with me to John chapter 3. Before we go to John 3, if you would turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. Uh, 
Jesus. Notice where Jesus is led of the Spirit. In John chapter, Luke chapter 4, verse 1, And Jesus, full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan. That's where he was baptized by John, John the Baptist. Spirit of God comes on him like a dove. And a voice out of heaven says, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Definitely a high point in a person's spiritual life. But then it says, Jesus, full of the Spirit. So he comes in this place out of this high moment with God. Y'all have all been on you know, retreats of God. You come on down, you know, and man, alive, that was so good. That was so powerful. And then you come down, and then all of a sudden, you're thrown into a wilderness. Monday morning. You know, and so all of a sudden, but Jesus was led about by the Spirit in the wilderness. And what is he happening there, y'all? He's being tempted by the devil. And it was so intense, this temptations of the devil, that after these three big temptations are done, the angels of the Spirit of God have to come and minister to him and strengthen him before he could continue. But Jesus was led about by the Spirit in the wilderness. And I want you to see the results of this, y'all. If we can create an atmosphere that where we can be led of the Spirit in the midst of the wildernesses, the adversities, the trials, the temptations, the tribulations, the afflictions, the persecutions, if we can be led about in the Spirit in those places, in those points in time, look at, look at John, uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in what? power of the Spirit. Whoa. There's where it's at. All of a sudden, it's not about something being on us, but something being in us and something being released out of us. And it's not coming, it's not occurring out of talk and us wishing to get it happen. It's birthing in us, becoming out of the depths of the realities of, of God in us. The likeness of Jesus is birthed in us. Now in John chapter 3, in verse 5, Nicodemus is realizing there's something special about Jesus. I'll start at verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old, when he can enter a second time into his mother's womb? Can he to be born again? You know, Jesus just told him, truly I say to you, unless one is born from above, he cannot uh, enter the kingdom of heaven or see the kingdom of heaven. But then, in verse 5, Jesus, truly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you must be born again. Verse 8, the wind blows wherever it wishes, Y'all, the Greek word there for wind is the Greek word panevma, which literally means spirit. Some, the, some uh, southern translations is pneuma. But in Greek, how you say it in Greek, panevma, and literally means, you know, the, the spirit blows wherever he wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from or where it's going. Uh, Y'all... Right now, we don't know what's going to happen after this. Except right now, he told us that the worship team's going to come up and lead us in worship. 
How are we led of the Spirit? Well, how do you know the wind's blowing? Well, spirit is equivalent, following the Spirit is following the what? Wind. You can what? You can feel the Spirit, you can feel the wind, you can hear the wind, and you can see its effects. You can hear the Spirit. In, Rome, in Acts chapter 8, the Spirit says to Philip, go to Gaza. No, the angel of the Lord said to him, go to Gaza. A few verses later, a spirit of the Lord said to him, go join that chariot. Walking down a street or sitting in a restaurant and all of a sudden God says to me, say something to this particular person that's coming up to you. Say something to them. Speak something to them. And God says it. You do it. Or God, at a point in time that I'm having a hard day or something's going on, the Spirit of God says something to me. You know, something I need to hear. That when you get in those points in, in business that where you get so out there that where you're going, the only way we're going to make it here, y'all, is if God shows up. It's kind of crazy to me that God, you know, I'm 60 years old, 60 years old. Usually at age 60 you do, you do simple investments and you're solidifying your investment portfolio so that you can sort of slide off into the sunset. It's interesting to me, God calls me to do the greatest level investments that I've ever done in my life. Probably all combined in all the days of my life. Why? Grow in faith. Grow in faith. It takes new levels of faith. Listening to him. Phil. That, we'll get into that in just a second. Yeah, where people are sharing things. Like, okay, you said, one, you're hearing the Spirit. How do you know the Spirit's moving? You hear? In other words, how the Spirit of God speaks what? Where is the Spirit of God? In us. So the Spirit will speak in us. Okay? He's in us. He speaks. Now, and I, I'm going to get to Phil's statement here in a second, which is very, very important, what Phil's saying. I don't want to just solidify something about hearing. All of you will be hearing the Lord. In fact, many times, I bet you many of you will walk in this service and you'll start to prophesy what God has put on the person's heart that's going to be preaching. It'll be so powerful and you go, I need to share this. No, not necessarily because it's already going to be shared. It's really a testimony that God's confirming something. Also, one of the things that we do in the service is, is that Whoever, this, now this little thing is, whoever is moderating the service has the authority of the service. Whatever sphere of authority is how authority is so critical to God. You see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, how it talks about judging the prophets who are seated judge. When one speaks, one judges, another judges. In other words, judge means to sort out, doesn't mean to condemn. But like because what's happening is, unless, like most of you right now, at this moment, you do not have the, you have the authority in relationship to your life and your family. But you know who's got the authority at this point in time of this service? Who? Who? Me. There's one steering wheel. Right now, there's one steering wheel. And who's got it? Me. 
But guess what? What if Wheeler goes, well, I want to help you drive, Rick. I got something. Wheeler, if Wheeler wants to participate with it, he's got to submit under the authority of the one who has. And the worship team will start in a few minutes. We will not be interrupting the worship team because why? They've got the steering wheel. And so to hear the Lord, you hear, you hear, and you and feel free to present it and as God gives us opportunity to sort out what you're hearing. And y'all don't feel frustrated if, if you get something and, we, and whoever's moderating goes, well, that's not for this point in time because what happens is, y'all, we got probably, I don't know, two to 300 people come in this place and, and all of you are going to be hearing the voice of God. And so what happens is, it talks about in 1 Corinthians 13 that we hear through a glass darkly or dimly. It literally means in riddles. And you can imagine this. All of a sudden, people start hearing things. And you know what we're having to do up here? We're having to take it and go, okay, this goes with this, this goes with this. When does this be said? When does it be said? Is it now? Is it at the end of the service? Or is it for next week? Or is it for somebody else? All in one time, we've got to judge what's going on. So it's very important for us to learn to be led of the Spirit as a, as a family and as it goes. Second thing is, is what Phil was talking about. You hear the wind, and the other is, are what we call the effects. And like Paul says, I did not come to you with enticing words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And what Phil's talking about tongues, interpretation, or testimonies, words of testimonies, or, or whatever. You know, but again, y'all, it's important to submit into those things because, y'all, it is in those places that signs and wonders do occur. Demonstration of the Spirit and a power that men's faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know what breaks my heart? One thing as a leader, if I preach, stand up here, and I preach a very powerful word, there will be interesting to me the number of people that will be drawn to come up here and talk to me. It's amazing. Not that I want, not going to talk to people. But what happens is, is the, the vessel is the one who gets elevated. It's easy to get elevated beyond the reality is it's not the vessel. It's the thing, the one who is flowing through the vessel. And that one is who? Jesus. And that's what's so powerful is that what Paul was saying is that when I come, I do not come in speaking enticing words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that men's faith does not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the what? Power of God. What we need, you got problems, what you need is the power of God. And that's what Phil was talking about, where we get together and different parts of the body are speaking these things. And the last facet, I can get the worship team to come on up. If the, the last facet is, is, um, is feel. The feelings, emotions are signals of events. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Y'all remember, you know how powerful this is? I remember, y'all remember on April 15th, and I didn't share this last week, on the April 15th, not last week, two weeks ago. But you remember two weeks ago, uh, on April 15th, 2006, Seven, when, when we're doing a worship service and it's feeling like we're walking in mud, this thing starts off, Jeff Belshan comes up to the front and says that when he and Amy walked in the service, Amy sensed the spirit of death. So we heard that. 
Jeff and Amy trust them what they're saying, but we just say, okay, what are you saying, Lord? So they spoke that, downloaded it. Now it's not on Jeff and Amy, it's on us. A few minutes later, I think it was you, wasn't it, Wheeler? Wheeler was sitting somewhere over here. Fresh out of his, you know, I think fresh good Baptist days, you know. And he gets this word about a spirit of death. So he comes up and says, y'all, God just heard about the spirit of death. And, uh, and so we go, uh-oh, well, every word's confirmed on what? The mouth of what? Two or three witnesses. So I stood up, took the mic, and we started praying for protection over our body. The interns happened to be down in North Carolina, and there was bad weather that day. And we started praying against the spirit of death in relationship to our body. And so in that place, that time, you know, we were listening to feeling. They're operating on feelings of the spirit, signals of the spirit. Let the peace of God rule, referee in your heart. But they're sensed, they're feeling something. And, and all of a sudden, so we prayed. And y'all know what happened on the Monday, mor Monday morning. And the crazy thing was, y'all, there were people in our body who were supposed to be in those classes that were not there. The toughest thing we dealt with about that whole mess, y'all, was that here, if we could pray protection over us, if our body, and I'll never forget the night of the shooting, there was a young man sitting right over here just falling on his face, weeping and crying that night, that Monday night, and he's crying out, and he's going, he was crying and going, why was I not in there to be shot along with my other friends? He's feeling guilty because he wasn't killed. But the reality was is that we were processing and we were going, Lord, could we have stopped the whole thing if we were discerning enough? Well, what is that, y'all? This is a very powerful, every body of Christ, every church, and I'm not just dwelling place, but every church in the New River Valley is very powerful. The capacity to walk as sons and daughters of the Most High God, to be led of the Spirit, to affect things in the spiritual realm, not only in relationship to our lives individually, but corporately, but also in the New River Valley. And so our invitation is, y'all, that for the next few weeks, we really want to we wanna take this journey of learning to be led of the Spirit. To be led of the Spirit. Daniel and Mitch and I will be on the front judging and sorting things out and hearing. I just want to ask you, y'all, to participate. And I want to say this commercial one to y'all. When you come in for the next, well, I, I pray it's every week. But every week that you come in here, you're going, I believe God is going to show up and walk in our midst. Amen. See, there's a difference. The Spirit of God is in us. Body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But he promises in 2 Corinthians 6, 16, I will dwell in you, I will walk among you. Where two or three are gathered in my what? Name. There I am what? In their midst. That's when you see demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So God promises us in Psalm 22, 3, that he would inhabit the praises of his people. And so, y'all, we're just going to spend some time worshiping the Lord that as we worship him in spirit and in truth, there he comes and he seeks out. So, Heavenly Father, we come to you now. Lord, to set this time apart unto you and we declare it holy. Holy are you, Lord. 
Lord, we want to worship you and enthrone you, Lord, in this place and in our hearts. You inhabit the praises of your people. We declare you are king. You are exalted above every situation and circumstance in our lives. And Lord, there's many of us in this room who do not have time for religious action, Lord. We want you. Lord, we need you. The reality of you to permeate every facet of our existence, Lord. Our relationships, our finances, our jobs, our businesses, our church, our nation, our government. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, we declare that you are good. You are so good. And you're wanting to express your goodness into our lives. You're calling us to participate in our inheritance in heaven. And Lord, you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, Lord. And Lord, we just want to see a, the reality of what is written in your word to be birthed in our lives. Let it come, Lord. Let it come.